Welcome to the Speaking Podcast. You can find all our episodes on speakingpodcast.com or also on BitChute and YouTube as Speaking Podcast. I also have the Awakening Podcast, the Meditation Podcast, and the Learn Polish Podcast, and all can be found on RoyCollin.com. Today, my guest, all the way from the Netherlands, I'm going to not do it justice, Elvina Redfield. Very good. (laughs) So welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you. I'm glad to be here. So I always like the guests to introduce themselves, tell the audience who you are. Okay. Yeah, well, I, I am Elsevina. I'm a confidence trainer from the Netherlands. And I call myself a former deer in the headlights when it comes to public speaking and speaking on camera. Because my first experiences in front of a group as a student was that I blacked out. I stood in front of the classroom. I had to tell them something and 90 pairs of eyes were just staring at me and up until today I don't know what I've said (laughs) so there was this disconnect in my brain and so I was like well I might need to do this more often in the trade in the education and in the jobs after that so I started training on that got more comfortable but not or I got more used to it should I say but still feeling uncomfortable when speaking in front of groups and at some point wanted to create a video training and right in front of that camera I had that same feeling the deer and headlights was back it was as if like the 90 pairs of eyes were staring at me even though it was just me in a room with a thing with a camera but it felt so scary that I just walked out of the room so if anybody listens here and says like well I don't like doing videos at all (laughs) I can definitely relate yeah, I know that. Well, one being on stage for the first time, I had the similar situation. It was like the brain just, uh, you know, disappeared. And uh, yeah, also when I started doing, because I wanted to do vlogs, and I just got so panicky. And even recently, it's a strange thing, but Clubhouse, if you're familiar with Clubhouse, that's like a kind of an audio thing. I mean, I'm after, like I'm a DTM now. I got very nervous. But what was strange is at one stage, somebody opened up to it and they all admitted the same. That because it was a new platform, we were just kind of, you know, not used to it. And but no, it's grand. I mean, it's like anything. You just practice, and uh, yeah, you'll uh, you you get better. And what part of uh, the Netherlands are you from? Uh, I am uh, close to Utrecht, so that's about forty kilometers east of Amsterdam, at the same height of Amsterdam. So it's okay. uh, there. And maybe I just heard you say that, Roy. I love that. Um, what you say? Everybody has that feeling. And I, I don't know if you've heard of the saying, uh, new level, new devil. <laughs> so a new platform could be a new level for some. <laughs> and even though they might speak on camera now or on stage or in meetings or whatever, suddenly those that clubhouse can feel like a whole new level and has its own, like bringing its insecurities no, exactly. And the reason I asked about uh, the Netherlands is my brother. I've only one brother, like, and he's living for 25 years in the Eindhoven. So I've been a few oh. times to, to the Netherlands and beautiful, beautiful country. Yeah. Oh, the, our, one of our cats comes from Eindhoven. <laughs> we collected her there. So it's um, it's about one hour by car from here. Okay, so close. Yeah, very good. And I mean, you, you mentioned, you know, the dares and the headlights, but even younger when you were kind of having to speak or was it similar or did you just your when you were, uh, you know, in school? Yeah, we actually didn't have to give presentations in school. I don't know why. 
Um, but looking back, I, I don't recall being in front of the classroom and having to present something at all. I don't know. <laughs> we didn't do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So... I mean, it's kind of similar. I mean, we had to stand up and read, but it's the one time. Well, I wouldn't even say in secondary school, because I think at that stage, you're too kind of conscious and paranoid. It's like they should do it when you're like, we start school at four in Ireland. Uh, it's around six in Poland. But I think at that age, they should get people to be going up, tell their little story because then you don't care. And then it just becomes second nature. And it's a pity that that's not going to the educational system around the world. That is so true. And one of the things I did as a student to overcome my fear of public speaking was actually to join a debating club. And I think debating would be an excellent way to start with in schools. I know a lot of schools in England do this. Uh, not all of them though, because it's it sort of feels safe because with debating it's sort of as a sport um you're given a motion for example um we should reinstate the death penalty and then they say like oh roy your proposition you're in favor of the motion and elswina your opposition you're against regardless of what your own opinion is you just have to sort of like hone the skill and the technique of like formulating arguments and giving examples standing in front of the class all these things and it doesn't feel too personal because it's not your opinion so it's an excellent training tool i think yeah and really it's one of my passions and we have two kids and they both love it as well they participated in various uh, debating tournaments and yeah it's a good skill to develop no, definitely. And, uh, and like, I didn't do it in school, but we started doing it in the Toastmasters Club. And I loved it because I, I prefer when I'm actually when I choose, because sometimes we'd pick a topic and we'd ask, OK, who wants to go farthest? Who wants to go for a game? Because, you know, when you're passionate about something and you understand it, you know, it's a lot easier. But even if you have to be on the opposite side, like what I love is when you're listening to the person before you and you can kind of go, I loved what you mentioned about A, B and C, but... Bum, 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 you know, and you can just kind of, it's brilliant. Like, cause you're really, you know, paying attention to everything because that's how you'll actually win by seeing where they're falling down. Yeah. And actually uh, doing debates. I so saw, I, I joined a debating club in Utrecht where I did my studies back then. And I actually met someone in the sister debating club. We were the only two who debated in English at the time. And this Sunday, we celebrate 23 years together. <laughs> so it was a good find back then. But that also meant that we were both a member of both the clubs, both societies. So we were debating every Monday and every Wednesday. And one of the things that really brought me is that, like, to have acceptance of other people's opinions. Like, it's not, it's not only, I'm, I know, I, I'm very opinionated and, like it's not like oh there's two sides to everything i don't care i have my own opinions but i can also respect that there is another truth or another way of looking at things for other people so because of you know and on some topics i even changed my mind or went more towards the middle because of doing these debates and hearing these arguments and yeah, thinking about it. So I think, I think it's a good skill to not really stay close, close minded. Like this is how it is and nothing else. 
Um, totally agree with you because so. like a lot of us, you know, we've been conditioned by our belief system by others thrown into us. And you have to like, especially with my other podcast, because like that's the awakening one where I we're exposing corruption and fraud. And there's sometimes like there's things that I would hear, and you know, I, I change. I don't stick to if if there's information that comes out, I just go with okay, yeah, I didn't realize that, and yeah, I'm able to adjust and yeah, exactly. So that's uh, that's another skill. So and Toastmasters is a good place as well. I, I've not never participated, but I did um, give training at a few of them, and I know the background of it. So it's just not a point in my life where it fits at the moment, but. If you're listening in and you feel like you want to hone your skill more, Toastmasters or a debating club are two places that are really worthwhile to check out to see if there's some, yeah, somewhere close to you where you, where you can sort of join and practice. Yeah, and there's a good social scene too as well because some people think, you know, like with the, to- I mean, I'm very good friends with a lot of people from the Toastmasters clubs and, you know, like some people think you're just going there, you're speaking and you're going away, but a lot of the time you're going for the meal afterwards, you're meeting at weekends for drinks and just, you be, you know, you meet different nationalities as well because our one is an international entrepreneurs and it's a great way to, you know, connect with people. Absolutely. So you, you've done some events and workshops as well, yeah? Mm-hmm. So you might tell us a bit about that. One, what you've done, and two, how you structure it. Yeah. So for the last year, I've been focusing on video for well, obvious reasons because nobody was giving real life presentations anymore. But um, for the past eight years or so, I've been focusing my trainings and workshops on speaking in front of other people. And that could be like speaking in a meeting at work or because a new you're newly promoted into a new role and all these, like we just said, new level, new devil, right? It's, it's one thing to go somewhere as an employee and give a presentation to a client. But when you're suddenly the senior manager or the director, you're still going out there, but it does feel different because you also what goes on for yourself, like the expectations you have, or you think other people have of you now that you're this and this new function. So I've worked a lot with um, managers and directors as well as, uh, well, lawyers, uh, local politicians, so not the national ones, but from cities and provinces that we have. And what I work on is um, actually the thing that changed everything for me. So I told you that I wanted to create an online video course, but I was just too scared. I walked out of the room. And where debating helped me get more in front of groups in speaking, I found a method in America called uh, feminine presence, which was a really practical method with exercises for body, mind and energy that help you get out of overthinking. Like we're sort of like in this head bubble where we're, we're so overthinking and everything gets multiplied here. So to be more present, so to get out of that head bubble and get to be present in the moment and connect with your audience. And it's really funny. I've worked with really good experienced speakers and often they speak on technique, routine, experience. So it's good, it's entertaining, and they can really get to the next level 
when they bring in this presence element. And funnily enough, it was called feminine presence. Their focus was for women. But I started working with men more, actually. So I quickly after called it presence training rather than feminine presence. And I integrated it with my background in debating kinesiology, speech therapy, which was the study I did when I started out. So it sort of all came together as a training and workshops to, yeah, for people who want to be, speak with more impact, increase their natural charisma and feel more themselves and calm when they speak to other people, because that is what it did for me. And yeah, that's what I've been doing for years. And part of that I also bring to my video training because it's similar. Even we are here now together recording this. But sometimes you record a video and there is nobody there. And then still you need that same connection. So when I do my videos, I always picture a person. I always do the same exercises beforehand to get out of my head, get out of overthinking and be present in the moment and really think about one person, like who will be watching this and what do they need to hear and then speak to them in a conversational manner. So, so yeah, so that's, uh, I hope that answers your oh, question no. a bit. Of, uh, Abs absolutely. Of and, you know, just because uh, um, based on that, like, you know, you're talking about the bigger clients and everything, but with the debating as well, people don't realize with the debating, because you get so used to kind of discussions and everything, it's very good if you're going for a job. It's also very good for, you know, looking for a raise and giving reasons why it. And also, if you want to negotiate in a business, if you're purchasing something, you know, you can be saying why, because you want to try and get the win-win situation. And I think through the debating, you actually get great skills for, for that. Yeah. And to think on the spot. Like that is one thing that, that I lo always love is when they come up with something unexpected and you have to think on the spot and like come up with something. It feels like that when you talk about getting a raise or having a job interview and to really listen. That is something people don't always listen as well. And then to, to substantiate your argument why indeed it helped with that. So I, I still love debating as well. And actually, um, uh, a colleague of mine uh, hires me regularly to judge debates in company settings. So they get basic training for a lot of people. It, it's their first time of debating. And then they do um, a short tournament at the end because that's what you learn most of. And then they need more people judging and giving feedback. So that is um, one of the things I do as well. So it's still very present for me, uh, a topic still. Oh, brilliant. And then uh, you mentioned uh, like uh, when sometimes you get a question off, you know, on the cuff, like uh, in Toastmasters, they do table topics, which is basically you're called up the stage and they just throw a question at you and you have to try to talk for, you know, two minutes. And that's a, another great way of just being prepared for anything because you don't know when there's going to be a curveball thrown at you. You just have to be ready. And, you know, the best way to do is to practice, you know, like you mentioned at the start, you know, the, the they are in the headlights. The fact that you speak more, the fact that you go on camera, that's how you become competent and, you know, the fear disappears. Absolutely. So one, it, it does help to get some training or techniques or basic support. But indeed, after that, it's, you know, you can know all the things in the world, but if you then never do it, you know, and even, you know, I, I speak to a lot of people who create videos and who did have a fear and then overcame that fear. 
but they do say if there is a period of time when they don't record videos, then going back to it feels harder for them still, even though they don't feel so scared anymore, it's still sort of like, oh, but then this and that. So like you say, you need to just do it more often and then it becomes like a habit or and i think with yeah. that it's your head again because i i've seen fellas what like there was one chap in the toastmasters who had won i think the humorous speech in poland so you know decent enough competition gone through but he took a year off and came back and expected himself to be at the same level and he got a shock like as he said he was terrible and i think a lot of the time it's our head starts talking to us you know we don't we don't get the clearness that we can actually just you know i like to be in flow you know like sometimes you go and you start speaking and if somebody said repeat that it'd be hard because i'm not going to a script or i prefer to just know what i'm talking about know what i'm going to start what i'm going to finish but my main script and it's sometimes the stuff comes up that i didn't even plan on saying it just the thought process as I'm there. I'm not sure it's not similar with yourself when you're speaking. Yeah, absolutely. And that's such a good point that you address here, Roy. It's the um, not knowing what you're going to say. So of course you have some basic idea. So you could write down, and this is the same for when you go public speaking or when you create videos, is to write down maybe like three or four bullet points. But so many people feel they need to write out more or script it. And I think that is a bad idea, first of all, because with reading, you lose the connection with your audience. And it really gives you sort of a false sense of security. And when you go off script, it's super, super hard to get back into it. Whereas you can trust on the topic that you're going to talk about because you're the expert, right? They ask you. So it's it's a little bit different, different of course, when you do a debate or this table uh, off the cuff and they say like, oh, you know, if you give me a topic on football, I could fill two minutes with it, but I don't know much about it. So I would never put myself out there and say, well, I will come and give a lecture in your company about football because I literally don't know. Um, there's this joke, what is it called? Like that you're, they, they make um, the goal, but it doesn't count because they were out of reach. Oh, offside. Yeah, that <laughs> one. So... I, I sort of think I know it, but I couldn't even explain that, right? So I would never put myself out there as an expert on football and talk about that. But take a lot of other topics that I know a lot about, I could talk a lot about debating, making videos, but also, for example, Switzerland, or talk about the Netherlands, or talk about being a mom, name the topic. And I have my own experience on that, and I can trust that experience. And... Like you said, Roy, you, you cannot sort of literally repeat the things you said before because it is not scripted. So there can be like a general line, I'm going to cover this, this, and this. But other than that, it, I think it should come from within and in the moment how it exactly it comes out. And when you want to stick to a script or too tight on the specific words, you actually lose out on connection and effectivity because you're too much in your head thinking about the words and not about helping the people who are listening. Exactly. And like I've been involved in a lot of different businesses and one that I'm getting into now is uh, on the crypto. And I actually wasn't confident in it. And that's why we've kind of slowed down. I, I went away then because I've read books and it didn't help, but I've done courses now because I don't like talking unless I'm truly confident because, you know, like when somebody throws a question, it's not nice when you don't know the answer, 
you know, they, they can start saying something regard in that field. And I, I, I totally feel that, especially, you know, if you change direction in a business, and like if I, when I was getting into real estate, or I could read 10 books on a certain topic because I don't like to spoof it. You know, a lot of people can, they'll be waffling and they'll be pretending I don't like that because you get caught once and it's just, you lose face. And I just, you know, if I don't know something, I'll say, I don't know. And then I research it. I'll come back to the person, but yeah, I get what you're saying with the football and everything. It's it, it's so much important, you know, to be totally confident in in the topic that you're you're involved in. Yeah, and then to trust on that. And it is okay to not know. There will always be something who comes up with a question or idea that you don't know. But like, I don't know a lot about crypto, so I wouldn't do a lecture on crypto either. <laughs> you know, who would want to listen? Because every thing, single thing they will ask, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so. If you are quite well known, like you know a lot about your topic, you never know everything. So it's totally okay, like you just said, to when there comes a question to say, I don't know, good question. Either ask the room, does anybody else have experience with this? Or you can say like, I will look it up and get back to you with the answer because you can find it. But overall, most likely like, 29 out of 30 questions you do know the answer because that is why they asked you to do the presentation i think <laughs> exactly exactly and like i know uh, that you've had you've landed some big big end clients deloitte K klm and a few others a lot of people hope to get clients like that how, how do you go about that um it actually happens through linkedin so um and word to mouth but so those are the two things actually. So I've done a training how to use LinkedIn effectively. So I basically go out there, I connect with people and I put my content out there, but I never send a private message to them. But I've connected with a few people. There was also, it was, it's a Dutch uh, company, but there was this guy and he has, he was a CEO and he had 450 people in his team that he was responsible for. And he was one of those people that I said he was really like this high flyer going to the ranks quickly. And then at this point, landed, felt uncomfortable, suddenly like, oh, but now I'm the CEO. And that, you know, that, that can feel so different. And he, yeah, he, he said like, oh, I've read your profile and I see your updates and can we work together? So I worked with him for a day. And he, he had the skills, but there was just some, some things that we did. And yeah, he got back to me and said like, oh, you know, I'm back to being me again, things like that. So, and sometimes it's because you work with someone and then they take on a new job and then they say like, hey, you know, I did this training with this person. So that also works. Word to mouth is a very powerful uh, way. And I have someone also who organizes trainings so basically she finds the people and i come and do the training which is really nice and then we we split everything even and all i have to, to yeah. come win win situation yeah excellent and she has a lot of connections like with was someone from hr in klm and they were in that training and then sometimes and sometimes it happens more quickly and sometimes over time they say like oh you know i have some people here that actually can benefit from this as well. So 
yeah, those are ways. So, so either people find me or word to mouth or someone organizes like this group training and they have these people in their network. So brilliant and so, yeah, i don't i don't think people realize like especially if you're the coo and become the ceo normally you don't get training from the company you kind of have to do and like so you could be used to dealing with internal you know employees and maybe suppliers and stuff and then all of a sudden you're outside and you're actually dealing with the public so it's good that people are able to actually you know kind of take you know refresher they might have the skills but it's different skill set yeah, or they need something else, or it is their mindset coming up, they're suddenly feeling this pressure, like, you know, can I do this, or it's different, and I think sometimes people put too much pressure, or, or cannot ad- sort of admit, like, oh, I would like some support or training with this or this, so they find it sort of outside, so they contact me personally, uh, and sometimes not, sometimes it is within a company that they say like, hey, let's do this together. But I think there could be, yeah, it depends on the culture of the company. Sometimes it can be very competitive and they feel like if they, they would say, I would like to, I, I feel uncomfortable speaking for important clients or when I have a meeting with other CEOs or whatever, and I would like to train myself to be better at that. That's I don't think people say that because it's seen as a sign of weakness, whereas I actually think it's a sign of strength. Absolutely. Yeah. To to know, to see like, oh, I I could hone this skill and get better at it. <laughs> so yeah, um, totally agree. Yeah. And I see there's another thing um you've got is like a pirate. And I know it's not the pirate with the guy, I know the long done silver pirate. So you may tell us a bit about what's that about. Yeah, so over uh, over the last few months, I have written a book, um, How to Get Comfortable on Camera. And one of the chapters covers the pirate technique of doing live videos. And that is an acronym. So it stands for six steps to uh, think about when you do live videos, because people are different. So I work with some people who feel like, oh, you know, live video is always good. You know, I know there is just no way back and I interact with people. I'm fine. But recorded is super hard. And other people like me first dreaded recording and then started. But even though I was making videos, going live felt like a whole other level, like the Olympics or something. And I was like, oh, but I'm just starting out. just you know in my backyard basically and then the olympics seemed so far away i couldn't get there and over time obviously i did and i've done so many live videos as well so i created the pirate technique of doing live videos as yeah as an acronym to remind what to focus on so um shall i go over them quickly yes what what they are yeah i'd be interested yeah yeah so the p stands for prepare so you think about the topic, like we said before, you don't write it out, you don't script it, but you might write down like the bullet points, like I'm going to talk about this, this and this. You prepare your background, your lights, you check your microphone to make sure that as good as possible, you are prepared, you check what you're wearing, your voice, warming up, you do some stretches maybe before you go on. So you are prepared to go live. The I stands for interaction. I think that is the most important element because if you don't interact with the audience, why are you even doing a live? 
And some people don't like that. That's fine, but then don't do a live video. So I've been on a live as a person participating and they were just ignoring all the comments. So I left, I was like, this is not good. So when you have a lot of people attending, you don't need to answer every comment, obviously you can't, but you need to have regular interaction. So how to do that with the comments is the R. So generally I say no reading, like I said before, because you lose the connection with your audience. But here you, and I also say make eye contact. That's in another part of the, it's super important to make eye contact with the camera to have that connection with your audience. But for the reading part, you look away. So either on your second screen, if you have your phone at hand with the comments, or sometimes the comments are on your screen, you read the comments and you say like, okay, oh, Roy, you want to know uh, more about how debating could improve your speaking skills. Okay, excellent question, Roy, let me tell you. So you read the name of the person, you read the question out loud, because what happens is some when there's a lot of comments, they happen so quickly. And if I would say, yeah, indeed, Roy, good idea. People are like, I don't see the comment. What is she referring to? And especially on when they watch on replay, it totally gets missed. So that is why you first read the question and then you answer it again with the connection in the camera. A is ask a lot of questions. So like we start, we are here now together with the two of us, but let's say we were in a group and this was live and there were other people in the chat present. I could say something about my journey, being a deer in headlights in front of the camera. And then I'd ask like, you know, who recognizes this? Who also, or what fear do you have around videos? Or what is holding you back from creating videos? Or even at the start, like, uh, where are you from? What did you have for dinner tonight? You know, I just, no, I just had pizza or just made from scratch with everything. I love doing that. What did you have for dinner? Just to, to get them to interact and type in the comments. Yeah, in the introduction and relevant to topics that you address. So ask them like, yeah, Toastmasters. Have you ever been to a Toastmasters club or like, what are your experiences? Have you heard of it? And then people start to comment again. So that is ask a lot of questions. Then the T stands for timing, because sometimes what I do see is people, they start to say something and a comment pops up and mid sentence, they stop and they're like, ah, uh, yes, well, uh, Sophie, uh, and then they're sort of losing their train of thought. So keep focused, finish your sentence or finish your part. It's, you don't need to answer every question on the spot and just, you know, manage your timing. And you could say like, okay, I'm going to explain the six steps of the pirate technique now, and then I will look at the comments. And then, so you do, and you talk, and then you say like, oh, this question, that question, and then you go through the questions. So that is the timing. And then the E stands for expected to go wrong. So not from a point of view of doom scenarios and everything will be messed up, but actually to be flexible and positive and don't be off balance by whatever happens because anything can happen and my way is acknowledge it and move on if you can like unless like the ceiling is dropping down on you it's like oh you know sorry I have to go and but usually it's not that big a thing so when it's like the neighbors start drilling or a dog walks in starts barking I just say like oh hey someone left the door open let me quickly take out the dog 
and don't just pretend nothing is happening and just keep going on and the dog is barking you're like oh i hope they don't hear it and then you sort of get all weird and like see the elephant in the room <laughs> we, we actually because i do a live uh, call every uh, week um with the awakening it's basically the freedom broadcasters so there's five podcasters and we've got you know really famous guests from around the world david ike sherry tenpenny and different people and there was one situation, I don't know which guest it was, but basically they had an internet problem. So they disappeared for a while. And everybody else just kind of sat there as if like in panic. And I just then jumped in and started talking to the others about something because I knew he was going to come back. Just not to have a five minutes of silence because, you know, it could yeah. happen. In, in yeah, just... tech problems, definitely. Or you're so, suddenly people don't hear you and then people in the comments say, I can't hear you, I can't hear you. And other people say, I hear her fine. And then, you know, oh, it's on their end. Or if nobody can, if everybody says like, I can't hear you, okay, then you have to sort of type in the comments or if it's something else that happens, just address it. And technical things can always happen, like, you're, or you're freezing up or, and then like you say, you know, jump don't be scared just address it and try to solve it as best as possible and continue so that is um yeah the steps for what i think helps people to be less scared of doing lives and more effective when you do them is to yeah follow the pirate technique <laughs> I, I actually love that and the fact that i'm actually doing i don't know how long we're doing maybe not six months maybe yeah maybe four to six months we're doing every saturday and the one thing that we're not doing, which I've just realized, we do engage the, the, the audience. But what it is, is we kind of have the person that's last that then kind of acknowledges and gives. But I, that's not right. We're not, we should be kind of <laughs> every now and again between as we switch, because we basically we'd have depending on how long we have with the guests. We, so I might have 10 to 20 minutes and then it's the next person. And we don't interact. You know, we, we don't, uh, you know disturb the person that's talking so you've had your time then it's the next person but we see the comments coming down and i think it would be better for the audience if we all kind of acknowledge obviously yeah there's not always great questions but when you see something that that is actually good instead of being conscious on our own questions let's engage them because as you said that's why you're doing the live <laughs> otherwise we should do it recorded and to be honest with you that was a slap in the face for me that was kind of yeah we're not really engaged i mean if we keep them till the end that's not great, you know. And the other thing that you mentioned as well is like we use um StreamYard, and when you write, every there's no way of doing a private message on that. It's kind of like you're writing to the group, so everybody sees it, and it is a distraction. I mean, like you see people talking and they just you know, even the the guests sometimes, and sometimes they're asking questions that's kind of related to the guests. So, like the software that you use as well. I mean, if you can have a system where you can have a private chat with one group, it's a lot better because sometimes you don't want the speaker to know because you could be saying like, how long have we got? You don't want them to see that. You know, do we have an hour and a half or two hours? And it can look unprofessional to be writing that when, you know, say you're the guest, you, you're you looking at that and you go, these guys don't know what they're doing. Yeah, those things are tricky. And actually, uh, I've been doing a few interviews uh, with on StreamYard uh, where people, they I don't have LinkedIn Live, but they do. So they were interviewing me and they were streaming into a Facebook group and on LinkedIn. And there, were, there are actually two tabs. So uh, one of the things you can do with StreamYard is to bring up comments, right? So you, you bring forth a comment and you put it under the speaker. So if you have, if you do it like this and you want to have 
to address a comment, either the, the speaker them, himself or herself can click like, this is a comment I'm addressing now. So it's also visible for everyone to see, or you could talk about doing a setup with a moderator and the moderator then clicks like, oh, this is a good question. Can you answer that? So that could be a way of doing it. But it, I actually thought like, where, where do they, I thought it was like the moderator version of StreamYard and, but there are two tabs in the, um, the one. And I'm not sure if one is private chat actually, but maybe that's for all the speakers and you cannot leave one person out. It, it could be it. Yeah, I think that's yeah, it. Yeah, normally so you can private you chat are, yeah, exactly. You private to one person, but you can't go to five people and not one, which is this. Oh yeah. Yeah, but yeah. I like, we've done that actually where so, uh, um, somebody, one of the guests is actually written in and, um, and one of the listeners, and you can put up their picture, you know, John has asked this question and, and it really makes them feel good as well because they're going, hey, well, they just put up my picture and they're asking. Yeah, but there's exactly. a good chance they would share that with other people as well because at the end of the day, you're doing the live to build your audience and try to get more people to be listening to your show. Exactly. So that is one of the, the things I like about StreamYard. And you could, I think, I, I, I have it myself as well. I haven't used it that often. I, I think think you can also put in like a url or something that you want to promote already and you can click to add that as well you can you underneath. can have it on the end scrolling like basically the person that organizes have has something scrolling at the bottom the whole time i think that's a bit of a distraction i think it's okay like each time somebody starts to speak you can just put up their website and maybe their name and well most of us like like we have no have their name anyway but just say the website but having something scrolling along I think they're now, not. Pay I, I scrolling is distracting. Exactly. I wouldn't have that, but like having this pop-up comment, or and then you see like the picture of the person and their name, and then the question they have. That's a really good way of yeah putting someone in the spotlight and say like, oh, that's an excellent question. Let me answer it for you. Yeah, that's a that's a good uh, win situation. And then for the other part, you could. You know, you do look away then, but you, yeah, no, that would be too tricky to have like a WhatsApp group. <laughs> yeah, you could do that. And the person, exactly. Sometimes would... we were doing it, it looks, you know, it like because if I'm on my phone and I'm writing to one or the other, it, it even though it's a way of doing it, it's, it's a distraction. And people kind of think that you're not engaged and they don't realize I could be writing to one of the other speakers saying, hey, you know, maybe fix your background or something, you know, it, unfortunately you can't do that because one they mightn't even see it and two it looks like you're you're just not even engaged paying attention yeah, yeah 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 it's like you're playing a game on your phone or something exactly so uh so yeah and, and like the, the other thing that i like to like your uh, background is fantastic and one i, I love the way the book is because uh, i've never seen that before i know sometimes you'd see the full screen and everything but the new book that looks but you're i mean that's the green screen that you you have there yes yeah yeah, and yeah, it's, it's I, very it's a, good. It's a, it's actually a very good quality because uh, mine, like I've got a Velux uh, window and unfortunately the light sometimes, so sometimes I had to turn it off just as we start. I don't know, did you notice that? Because I had the green screen on and I saw it flickering. It happens sometimes. So then I just had to turn it off. It doesn't flicker. But as you see, I put up my hand in my hand or if I hold up a glass, it disappears. You know, it's like uh, the invisible man. Yeah, it, it does a little bit here as well. Like this is actually, no, no green it's okay. if, if i actually oh screen but if i put on the um, the actual green screen i can even do it there now because uh, some people are obviously uh, watching on the the thing it, it started flickering and 
so I have a green green screen so I know it's okay oh, yeah. and yeah, then yeah. I hold up the glass you'll see the glass oh yeah yeah no, so but at the start I, it started flickering that's why I turned it off because it was it seems to be okay again now so yeah 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 no so this is um I just edited that in the book but I I get so many people even people who know me who think this is my actual room and I say oh if only <laughs> they and or people write me I, I use this as a background a lot of videos I share um for consistency although I do have other backgrounds as well and now then I get people asking like where did you buy these curtains or I really love your background and it's such a like even a friend of mine thought this was my room and I was like eh, I wish but like I only, so honestly only for the new book in this so I, I I would have thought as well because it does it looks it does I mean mine is a picture of my bookshelf so it is my own bookshelf but I'm I have the green screen behind me but yours really looks it looks like it's it is the, where you're located yeah, and I, I saw this picture and I just fell in love with it and with the colors. And I actually put my nails in the on brand <laughs> yesterday because I was like, oh, that's so nice. So you can see this picture is also used on the book cover. This is actually a screenshot from a video I did. Uh, and I put that on the cover. Uh, and I like this these colors, so I use them for the branding and the promotion of the book now. So um no. So yeah, so that's um, that's why. But I, I yeah, I love it. But I, I only can use it with the green screen. I know Zoom has an option to use a background with without the green screen. But on my computer, that doesn't work at all. So I only have the virtual background option and choose between different ones if I actually have my green screen. So that's um, why I have like here. that with um, the live stream that I do. It doesn't work it's for some reason when i add a green screen it just it's really flickering and it just looks terrible so i just normally just have the the green screen behind me and i know i've got the ring light and another light there so just to make sure it's bright but uh yeah, yeah so yeah. i was thinking of getting something white to put over the green screen because a white background looks kind of better you know it's because sometimes the coloring with with the green it ain't great True. Yeah, you can do that. And um, yeah, I, on StreamYard, it actually works also. I was interviewed by someone and I said, oh, does StreamYard have like green screen option? And there was a way. So we, we were sort of fiddling. I was a little bit early. So I said like, oh, let's try it out. And then we made it work. <laughs> I don't know. There was something with settings and I need oh, to can do, do You can add it, but it's only once it turned out really well for me. The other times, for some reason, it flicks and I just stopped doing it. It's, uh, and I mean, I've got strong internet and everything, so I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. That's tech for you. There will always be something. It should work, but it doesn't always work <laughs> the way it should. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, like, finally, I mean, you, you've mentioned about the pirate. So what else is in the book? Because, I mean, I'd like to be honest, like that tip on the pirate is brilliant. So obviously, I'd like to know what else you've got uh, covered in the, in the book. Yeah. So I start with talking about why it's important to do videos, um, because you cannot really get to know a person from written text only. So I talk about that. There's some stories and background throughout the book. It's written very accessible. So it's like, well, people tell it's like an easy read. Um, and someone already got the book on Sunday. It's just gone live. 
this weekend before we are recording this and she got it on a Sunday and she was like oh I was going to flip through but I'm already on page 52 <laughs> so she sort of liked the build-up of things so I talk about why it's important to do videos common struggles people have so you you know that you're not alone with what you're going through and then I start with a strategy um and think about why you want to do videos and what your goals are with video, because it's okay to do like a random video left and right, but it helps to be much more focused with that. So I've created an exercise that will take you 30 minutes to one hour, one time. And after that, you have at least 75 content ideas and it could be 125 depending on how many goals you set so if you set it's basically 25 content ideas per goal and usually you set between three to five goals and you can create more videos on the same topic because it sounds a little bit different so if you have 75 ideas you can you have material to create at least 150 videos so that because content is another big thing that many people think like, oh, I did two videos and now, you know, I don't know what to do videos about anymore, right? But there is so much that you can do. You will basically never run out of ideas because you can always use this structure to, to come up with a new idea or inspiration or one thing leading to another. So that will cover your content. And there's two topics on do's and don'ts. When it comes to making videos with tips, like what I say with the eye contact and lights and background and all these questions that are being asked a lot. And then, of course, the pyrotechnic of live videos and then um, a basic confidence. Um, there's some mindset and confidence. There's two, two strategies for mindset in there. One is basically how to not let your negative beliefs stop you from doing videos. And the other is actually to turn a negative into a positive and empowering belief so it won't it will actually work for you so one is it won't hold you back anymore and the other is it will actually help you forward and um, then I have done nine interviews with professionals on in their field uh, so one of them is a Hollywood actor actually he's appearing in different Hallmark movies and series and he's also um, a mindset and health trainer and his camera connection is fantastic. So I was super, super excited when I asked him that he agreed to do an interview. A flow mindset coach, someone expert on LinkedIn, on sales, on content, on lead magnets, on e-commerce. And they all share their experience and nuggets. So there is a, a part of the interview is written out in the book. And as a special book bonus, whether you buy the Kindle version or the paperback version, you have access to watch the full interview. So if there's one person that you find specifically interesting, you can watch that or you can watch all nine of them because there's so much. Yeah, like we talk here, you know, if you would write this in a book, you would take out a few pieces, but there are so much more. And there might be something that is said that lands for this person that I really needed to hear this day or that was giving them their aha or their insight. So that is why I made these interviews um, fully available um, as a book bonus. Excellent. And what's the, what's the book called? Get Comfortable on Camera. Brilliant. So how can people get in contact with you? Well, there is a book website. So it's getcomfortableoncamerabook.com and my name, elsevina.com. Elsevina is my website where you can also find my information. 
Okay, brilliant. And I'll put the links on the podcast description and on the video description. Listen, it's been wonderful talking to you. And I've learned a lot myself, so I know the audience will as well. Yeah, excellent. Thank you. So, yeah. that's all for Thank the, you for having me. No problem. That's all for the Speaking Podcast. You'll find all our episodes on speakingpodcast.com or on BitChute or on YouTube. And be sure to give us a thumbs up, five-star rating. Until next week, take care.